Here we go. You're listening to Law and Gospel on this Thursday, January the 18th, in the year of our Lord 2024. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with us back on the air this week is Pastor Wes Reimnitz. Good morning, Wes. Good morning, Tom. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How's the weather up there? Well, the sun's out. It's cold, but the sun's out. Much snow or not? Oh, yeah, there's snow on the ground, but it's it's not uh, bad to get around in. No ice? Well, there's always a little ice. When yeah, I got a, a letter from uh, Emmanuel McComb from one of our members there that I was there for four years, and they said... Um, they were kind of glad that I'm no longer there with that long trip from St. Louis because it's really kind of icy out in that area. And so they were kind of happy that I was taking a rest. Yeah, see, the but, storm went all north of Springfield and hit in that area that they're talking yep. about. That's right. Well, we got a really good email from a man named Robin Schumacher. And he begins this way. When my dad would find a parking space up close to a store he was going into, he would look over to me, smile and say, see, this is what happens when you live a good life. So the question we're going to look at do you think a lot of people feel that way? Well, a lot of people talk like that. A good person, then good things happen to you. You're kind of a cause and effect there. Well said. Yeah, it's kind of, to be honest, a lot of people talk that way. And from time to time... I think we all find ourselves catching ourselves in that act. For example, although I've had some negative things happening in my life, God always works out the positive. And you get to thinking, well, is that because I'm a pastor and I'm doing a lot of good work? Or is there another reason? So the idea of favor resting on us when we do good deeds is pretty universal. And where is it found? You're being a good Hindu uh, when you talk about karma uh, for cause and effect. Oh, explain how Hinduism talks about karma. Well... The causality concept in Hindu teaches karma best translated as cause and effect. One of their scriptures, uh, Bhagavan Gita, says, "Whatever deed he does, then he will he will reap." Yes, but boy, that kind of sounds familiar to some of the things found in the Bible. What is Paul say in Galatians 6, 7, and 8? Well, Paul says, do not be deceived. 
God is not mocked, and whatever a man sows, he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Now, see, that sounds a lot like Hinduism. What does Paul write elsewhere in 2 Corinthians 9, 6? Now I say, the one who reaps sparingly, who sows sparingly, will also reap sparingly, and the one who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So, you know, that deals a lot with farmers. Well, we've been watching a lot about farmers and those who sow sparingly, they don't do a good job in getting their ground ready or seeding it properly. Well, they don't reap very well. But those who sow bountifully usually end up reaping bountifully. So the question is, is Paul or the Bible in general, saying the same thing that Hinduism espouses with karma? Well, not by a long shot. I mean, you got to dig a little bit deeper into what's being said here. Yes. What do the vast majority of all religions, they have three approaches to addressing the human predicament of why some people get good and some people get evil. This is a little philosophical, but what are the three? What is systemic, yep. pragmatic, or existential? And th even then you get a blending of, the, of two or three of them together. Yeah, what does the epistemic path say in some religions? Well, you, you learn something to be better. The, exist, uh, the existential route recommends experiencing something to be better. Now, that's really important. That's why a lot of people go to education, because they want to get things better in their life. That's the epistemic path. The existential path is they experience something to be better. Maybe they're working in food kitchens or helping people get housing or helping their neighbor in some other way. And they believe that because of that, good things are happening. But in contrast to the epistemic, where you learn something to be better, and the existential, where you experience something to be better, what is the pragmatic road? Well, that's the one that's probably tra traveled by the, the, of the three. It declares if you do good things, then they will come back to you in the same way, both in this life and in the next. Hindu, uh, for instance, Karma specifically teaches that goodness done in this life results in a higher quality of life in a person's reincarnated state. Reincarnated state. What does that mean in Hinduism? 
<laughs> well, I laugh because you you become a, gu- a bug and you become a cow, you become a person. You you're always going in, dying and rising to a to quote a better level. Yes, you turn into something else after you die. Some Hindus believe they were their great 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 grandfather or some other person. And if you do not do good, you can end up being a cow or something like that. That's what is meant by being reincarnated. What do we as Christians, how do we regard this idea of salvation in Hinduism? Well, as Christians, we know that these are work-based plan of salvation. The scriptures says exactly the opposite is true. For instance, in Ephesians chapter 2, For by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one can boast. See, that's really an important Bible verse because we now see that Christianity is not epistemic, where you get good things because you learn more. It's not existential, where you get good things because you're experiencing good things. And it's not pragmatic by doing good, getting good. It's what we call ontological, which means the Christian faith rests on what? Completely on one person, and that, of course, is, is Jesus Christ. And I think that that is so profound for us to point that out, that there's no other way of, of getting to salvation except through Jesus. In other words, true good comes to us not through our actions, but through what? But through the actions of Jesus. Yes. What does the Bible say in Ephesians 1, verse 3? Well, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Wow. Now, when we talk about the heavenly places, are we talking about only when we get to heaven that we get good things? Well, I would say also good things happen to us here. Yes, because you are part of the kingdom of God, even here on earth, called the Holy Christian Church. And so this yeah, is you, really important to understand. You know, you if made, something yeah, you made, good... You made that point a couple couple days or a week ago about miracles and myth that the miracles we want to find are in are in the church and baptism and Lord's Supper. Right. So good doesn't come because of our actions or our works, but through his works. So needless to say when it comes to what goes around comes around, teaching such as karma, 
and its principle of casualty, you have something much different than what exists in Christianity. The doctrine of karma is not judgment per se as what's found in the Bible. Because when you get bad karma, it's nothing like sins committed against the body. Further, what about the decree from any divine entity? Well, it's required to bring about the consequences of a person's actions with karma. Yes. In other words, when something really good happens to you that's unexpected, uh, here's what I say. Thank you, Jesus. But a Hindu would take a look and thank himself because he thinks the good is happening because he's a good person. So, go ahead. Well, if we learn anything from Scripture, is that the most righteous people profiled in the Bible, those having a good life, often experience pain and, and suffering. And we always go back to the story of Joseph, who went, who was sold into slavery by his brothers, was yep. jailed, and in the end came came out okay. And what is the most was, obvious example of suffering? Well, it would be, of course, uh, the pain and suffering with Jesus, the most obvious. If there was ever a case study of no good deed goes unpunished, it's you read Mark's account about Jesus being baptized, and then it states immediately in one twelve, afterwards Christ goes into an extra trial with the devil. Yes, he's sent into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And is that a good thing? I never thought of it that way, but um, it's a good thing that Christ did it on our behalf. Exactly. If it was the will of the Father, there's nothing that Christ experienced that was not due to the will of the Father. And the will of the Father was always good. In fact, what do we call the day on which Jesus is crucified? Well, we call it Good Friday. Yes. You know, uh, it reminds me of Psalms 23. Wouldn't wouldn't that also fit? Uh, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. I would, yes. Even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. And why don't we fear evil? For you are with me, you rod and your Yes. This is really important to understand that whatever experiences that you are having in your life, whether good or bad, is always and are always caused by God. And what does he say in Romans 8, 28 about 
all your experiences? Well, he works all things for the good of them that love him. Yes. So this idea of karma in Hinduism is really based on our work righteousness. Whereas in Christianity, when good things happen to us, or even bad things that work out to our good, they're based on the will of God the Father and on Jesus Christ. In fact, there's a real good incident that Luke records in chapter 13. Can you recall what that is? Well, uh, and I love the passage, Luke 13. Now on the same occasion, there were those present that reported to him, to Jesus, that is, about Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. And Jesus said to them, Do you suppose that these Galileans were greater sinners than all other Galileans because they suffered this faith? I tell you, no. Unless you repent, you will likewise perish. And suppose that those 18 on whom the power in Siloam fell and killed them were worse culprits than all those who lived in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you will likewise perish. That's a really important passage to show the source of experiences we have that are either good or bad. What is the source? Well, the source is is, is God himself. Yes. I mean, I... You, you look at all these tragedies that are out there in the world around us, and, you know, I'll look over at my wife or I'll look over at somebody else I'm with, and I'll say the real tragedy is do they have they repented and did, did they have a life in Jesus? Yes. Yes. So the bottom line and the real danger of this idea If I live a good life, then good will come to me mentality. That's a short step towards what? Well, it's the trap of a works-based salvation and a belief that you can earn your your way to God's kingdom. The scripture makes it plain that that's not true. In fact, that really is on the minds of Christians. When I ask a Christian, for example, if you were to die today, would you go to heaven? And a lot of times they'll say something along this line, oh, yes. And then I'll say, why? And they'll say, well, I go to church every Sunday. I read the Bible at home. I raise my children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Why are all those answers wrong? Because it all results down to what I did, and it's my works. Yes. And as we discussed earlier, Jesus is, what quote, this onecological, that salvation is through a person called Jesus Christ. 
So scripture is clear that we are only justified how? Uh, through, through faith in Jesus. Yes, Romans 3.24. What justified does that say? As, justified as a gift by his grace to the redemption, which is in Christ Jesus. So the writer says, you know, my dad was right about a lot of things, but he was wrong about getting a close parking spot because of being a supposedly good person. On the contrary, what does Luke 18 verse 19 say? No one is good except God alone. And so when good comes into our life, and even when bad things happen that work out, we should consider ourselves what? Well, we consider ourselves blessed that God is kind to a grateful and the, the evil. That, you know, even though we are simple human beings, and we confess that on a Sunday morning, I, by virtue uh, I, poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities. That God is the one who's being grateful to us. This is really important. This is Luke chapter 6, verse 35, that says that God is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Now, I've seen that when you go back by, oh, out to where we were going 300-mile round trip to a church in northern Illinois, we would pass farms, and many of them had beautiful crops. But none of that showed whether the people who owned it were good or evil. Because God would even give beautiful crops to the evil because he would use those crops to help feed the neighbor and take care of those who were in poverty. And so you can't tell whether a person is good or evil on the basis of what they are experiencing. Uh, for example, you can have a car accident and it isn't because you are an evil person, but it's because God allowed that to happen so that throughout the experience, you can end up saying to Jesus, thank you, Jesus. So that being the case, the question is not why bad things happen to good people, What's the real question? The real well, mystery. The real mystery is why good things happen to anyone. If we're the real all mystery evil. is what? The real mystery is why good things happen to anyone. Yes. That's a mystery. Because we can't understand it. We know people who are unbelievers and they seem to become wealthy without any problem. They have beautiful houses. 
nice cars, their families seem okay, but they never attend church. And then you have some church people who are maybe in poverty, getting money from the government in order to feed themselves, having trouble finding a job, maybe even losing their homes. None of that helps you decide what God is doing, whether good or bad, because it's a mystery, is it not? It is. And, I, you know, for years I'd looked out on the congregation and I would see that, you know, with people who had trouble. But then I'd also see them cling even deeper to, to Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and nothing was going to shake them from, from their foundation of, of faith in the promises of the gospel. Now, you've already mentioned this, uh, one of the good things that happened in the church. But in the Greek, it's referred to as a mysterion. But when Jerome translated the Bible into Latin, what word did he use to describe the Holy Supper? The Eucharist? No, sacrament. Oh, the sacrament. Yeah, that and baptism. That and baptism is really originally referring to the mystery. And it is a real mystery that you baptize an infant or you give an adult the bread and wine and the infant receives faith and the Holy Spirit and the adult receives the gift of the forgiveness of sins for sure. That's a mystery to us because we can't figure it out. But we know it's true because it's a promise. So thanks very much, Wes, in helping us understand that we're not Hindus in thinking that good things happen to us because of our good works. Good things happen to us because God is working in our life and we give him thanks for such good things. Join us tomorrow for a continuation of Law and Gospel. God bless Listen you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check out to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.